It really is amazing. I think no matter how many vacation Bible schools I have done, it's always the same thing. During the week, the kids are dancing and yelling and just all over the place, and then when it comes time on Sunday morning, it's just like, do we have to? So if you had seen them all week, you would have been like, oh, they love this. (laughs) Our scripture this morning comes to us from Ephesians chapter 4. Verses 1 through 16. So Paul writes, "Therefore Therefore the prisoner in the Lord beg you to lead a life worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing one another in love, making every effort to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit. Just as you were called to one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in all. But each of us was given grace according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore it is said, When he ascended on high, he made captive itself a captive, and he gave gifts to his people. When it says he ascended, what what does it mean but that he had also descended? Is it the same one who ascended far above all the heavens, so that he might fill all things? The gifts that he gave were that some would be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ, until all of us come to the unity of faith and of the knowledge and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to maturity, to the measure of the full stature of Christ. We must no longer be children tossed to and fro, blown from every wind of every doctrine, by people's trickery, by their craftiness and deceitful scheming. But speaking the truth in love, we must grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and knit together by every ligament with which it is equipped, as each part is working properly, promotes the body's growth and building itself up in love. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. If you couldn't tell from the video, uh, our rock-in over the last two days uh, was, well, first of all, let me just say a big thank you to all the adults who were here. So could we get a round of, yeah. So thank you to everybody who helped out with that. Um, But if you couldn't tell from the video, uh, the Vacation Bible School portion's theme was Game On. Uh, And we took down all the pictures, but it had like fields and baseball fields and football fields. Um, And so it used sports as an analogy to understanding scripture. So I figured, why not keep that trend? And I'll talk a little bit about comparing sports to this morning's Bible story. Everybody okay with that? Yeah? Okay. (laughs) So one of the things I really love to do is to watch children play sports. But when I say children, I mean like little, little kids like three, four, five-year-olds, because the great thing about watching little kids play is it's just hilarious. It's it's like watching a tiny, adorable comedy, 
because they don't understand any of the rules. For instance, I remember this one time watching T-ball, and the kid, I mean, the kid hit it hard out into the outfield, and instead of running to first base, they ran out to the outfield to chase down the ball to get it back from the other team. Of course, that meant that they were out because they went and touched the ball. Um, but they thought the object was hit the ball, go get the ball. Um, so uh, it, it's just really funny to watch kids because they don't really know what's going on. Uh, and one of the things that they, they don't get is, uh, is what it means to be on a team. Like they get the concept of you're on my team and they're not, but they don't understand the idea of teamwork, of working together. So I used to get to the hockey rink when I played hockey as a teenager a little early because the, the younger kids would be playing, and again, it was just, it was a comedy. Because the puck would go off into the corner, and you'd see one kid go over to get it, and then all ten kids would go to the corner to get the puck. And then eventually the puck would pop out, and the puck would be, the, the whole ice is empty, except for the puck halfway down the ice, and one kid trying to get it, and then he falls, and then after he falls, all ten other kids fall over him. And it was like it was scripted. Every time you'd see the same thing, like one kid would fall, and then all ten kids would fall. Um, and <laughs> it would just kind of go to show you that they just really did not understand the whole idea of teamwork. You know, I'll go to the corner and get the puck, and I'll pass it out, right? Or if it's soccer, I'll, I'll kick it out, or... Uh, if you watch T-ball, all the kids run for the ball so that the one kid's running the bases while all the, other, the defense is out in the field. They just haven't learned what it means to work as a team. The unfortunate part is that sometimes as a church, we too don't always know what it means to play as a team. We're so used to doing things on our own that we, we, we try to go it on our own and if we don't try and do that, then sometimes we just figure, well, I don't know, even know what I'm supposed to do. And like the kid in baseball, just start picking dandelions because I don't know what else I'm supposed to be doing here. Um, to give you an example, I don't know if this story is true or if it's a parable, but either way, it gives us a very good glimpse into what it means uh, to be a team as church. Uh, so in this story, a young pastor gets appointed to a church, it's a United Methodist pastor, He's appointed to a church somewhere in Georgia. And he shows up on you know, his first week and he sees this tree and it's sitting right next to the emergency exit of the church. And he goes, oh man, I know that that is against code. And just like our spy staff, they're like, that just cannot stand, right? If it's against code, we gotta fix this. So he was really excited. He said, I know exactly how to do it. I have the tools. I'm gonna go home and get a chainsaw and I'm gonna cut that tree down. And the church is going to love me because I took initiative and I saved them failing inspection by cutting this tree down. So he goes home, he cuts down the tree, and the next Sunday when he gets to church, everybody is in an uproar. The district superintendent's there, everybody is yelling, they're furious, and he's wondering, what did I do in this first week? I haven't even started. And they were all angry because he had cut this tree down. He's like, I don't understand it was blocking the emergency exit. It was a hazard. Somebody could have gotten hurt. I did the right thing and cut it down. And the district superintendent had to explain to him, listen, the legend is that John Wesley planted that tree. And if you know anything about Methodism, John Wesley was the founder of Methodism. 
and you just cut down the tree that John Wesley planted. Needless to say, that pastor got moved. (laughs) But it goes to show, I think, you know, he was so gung-ho, so ready to do it on his own that he never stopped to think, I should, I should probably talk to other people about this. I should probably get help with this. Or at least some, you know, communication with the rest of the church about what I'm planning to do. And regardless of that story is true or not, I, I don't know. But what it does show us is that when we go it on our own, and when we try to do things by ourselves, instead of as a church... We cause a great deal of pain and frustration. Or on the flip side, we just sit there and show up and don't really get all that involved. But the church that Paul envisioned is a church where everyone had a role and where everybody worked together to bring about the gospel of Christ in their community. The church that he envisioned was a church of love and cooperation and unity. As he stated this morning, there is one body, one spirit, just as you are all called into one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, the Father of all, who is above all and through all and in all. And he envisioned a church where we all work together to grow and participate in the church together. We must grow in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together in every ligament which is equipped. And when each part is working properly, it promotes the body's growth and building itself up in love. You see, the beauty of the church is that Christ chose to use us, a broken and flawed human beings, to build the kingdom of God. But he didn't just leave it up to us, but through the Holy Spirit, we've each been given gifts. That those gifts are meant to be used in tandem with one another for the glory of God. For just as Paul stated, the whole body joined and knit together, and when each part is working properly, it promotes the body's growth and building itself up in love. To be the body of Christ means to be working together and using our gifts as one body to share the love of Christ. I'm not good with talking with strangers. Um, I I tend to be an awkward person. Some of you might have already figured that out. I can be a little awkward. Um, And and I just, when I go to the grocery store, I'm the kind of person who puts on blinders. I'm just going to get the milk and I'm going to get out. If you haven't noticed, which you probably have, That is not Mariah. (laughs) Mariah will talk to everyone and everyone in the store. In fact, it got so bad that last week when I took her to the grocery store with me, we had parked the car. The doors were still shut. There was a lady in the car next to us loading her car. She looked very angry. She did not want to talk. She did not want to be bothered. And before the doors even open, Mariah's yelling, Hi! Hi! What's your name? Hi! And the lady just kind of, I'm sure she didn't hear her, but she eventually got into her car and left, and Mariah is just crippled in the back seat. Why didn't she want to talk to me? And I had to say, 
because the door wasn't open, Mariah. She will talk to everyone, which for me is a curse, but in many ways it's a blessing. So when we were uh, in Waynesboro, one of the things that we had started doing uh, not long before we moved was uh, we'd, we'd like to go to the park, uh, in part because Mariah likes to play with other kids. So we would go to the park, and we had these little cards with the name of the church and the times of worship. Uh, and what, what we did, it sounds sinister, but it, it worked really well, um, is Mariah would go off and play, and because she is so friendly and so open to new people, she would just grab onto the first kid that she saw, and that was her new best friend for the day. But the great thing about it was, because I was following her around, and usually that child's parent was following them around, it then gave me an in, right? Oh, what, what's, your, what's your daughter's name? Oh, do you guys live around here? What school do you got? What school does she go to? And, and then eventually that would, you know, start working into, uh, oh, well, what do you do for a living? Uh, to which they would often ask, well, you know, they'd say what they did, and then they'd go, well, what do you do? Which usually either ended the conversation or started a new conversation. <laughs> because sometimes I would say, well, I'm a pastor, and they'd be like, oh, thank you, goodbye. Um, but a lot of times it would, it would allow for more conversation, and then by the end of it I could say, you know, this is the, this is the church that, I, that I'm the pastor of. Um, you know, we'd, we'd love to have you stop by, or, you know, we'd, we'd love to see you sometime, uh, or I'd love to get together again so that our kids can play. And so it was a great way that Mariah and I, uh, or Aaron and Mariah, whoever was with her that day, uh, could use our gifts together, um, a chance for, for us to use our gifts in teamwork. Mariah would start the conversation and start running off with a stranger, and that sounds really bad, but... Um, <laughs> But then I was able to kind of come in and, and start a conversation and try to develop a relationship with someone new. And it really kind of worked out well in terms of using our gifts uh, in tandem with one another. Um, and, it, and I think that really is kind of the model that, that Paul wants the church to have. You know, Paul would look at a church like this and he'd see people with vastly different gifts. As I found out earlier this week, not everybody here is a Virginia Tech alum who is a who is a engineer, because um, that was what I thought at first. Um, but we all have different gifts, and we all have different careers, and we all have different passions. And sometimes in the church, we it, we find it hard to figure out where exactly we plug in, where our passion and our gifts are supposed to be used. But Paul looks around at each one of us and says, "I see a gift there." that could be working well with this gift to bring about new ministry, to connect with new people, to deepen our faith and love as a community. And so whatever your gift is, I hope that you'll share it with this church. And I hope that you will use your gift here because Fieldstone needs your gifts. And God needs your gifts here. Because we are called as a church to work together to bring about the ministry of Christ to the world. As our communion service states so well, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world. 
And if we are meant to make a difference in, a, in this community, then it will take us using our gifts together. A lot of times churches have a tendency to sit on their hands and just wait for the people to come in. Uh, I don't get the sense that that's this community, which is a great thing and a valuable resource because the people are out there. They're in the community. They're, they're in the, the homes that Spy works for. They're in the people who come through the giving tree. They're in the schools that your children attend. They're at the grocery store in line next to you. But the people who need Christ are out there. And if we're going to make a difference, it's going to take us working together and using our gifts together to go out and meet people where they are. And when we use our gifts as one, God can take all of us broken and shattered people and bind us together to make a body of Christ that is whole, that can work together to bring about the kingdom of God in the New River Valley and beyond. For as one of the great German theologians, Diedrich Bonhoeffer, once said, the church is the church only when it exists for others. Not dominating, but serving and helping. We are called to be the church. To serve and help and exist for others. That is why we were given gifts. So let us work together, binding our gifts together to serve God here and beyond. Amen.